0: everyone and hi Peggy, welcome to the Sporting Global Podcast. It's a pleasure having you here with us. How are you?
1: I am well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well. How's, I see the weather is pretty nice in California right now, but behind you.
1: We are experiencing um, amazing weather. We've been breaking records with our heat. Um, it's wow. been like, you know, mid-upper 70s. Um, it's it's not right Uh, it's definitely a little (laughs) boring but it's been enjoyable right Uh, we're actually having quite a bit of uh, heavy strong winds right now too so you might see the trees in the background that's a little unusual for my area but it is beautiful but it's, it's wrong we need winter
0: right no i was thinking about that too i was like why is it so warm in january you know in february what's up with that
1: global warming
0: (laughs) yeah that's pretty much it i mean like we can just state the fact that global warming is a thing
1: (laughs) it is it is a thing it is a thing we're we're enjoying this weather but it's it's wrong and we all know it
0: yeah yeah well i mean like you just gotta look at the bright side i mean like you know 2020 was pretty pretty rough you know we're in 2021 now i guess like everyone everything is like you know hopefully getting back on the positive side on some good good tracks but I see you know you're you're working from home and I mean like of course we, we had a little bit talk already about like some changes that you guys are thinking about it uh, at the Earthquakes and I think we might have to touch a little bit upon that but for those of you that are joining us you know today it's like our second episode with an HR professional Peggy from the San Jose Earthquakes really appreciate that you're taking the time and if you like to hear more episodes like this make sure to like the video subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can get key insights from sport professionals and HR professionals like Peggy. So Peggy, I mean, like, I'm kind of just curious about, you know, what was it about HR and particular in sports that made you sort of like, want to like explore this career option? So
1: it's a great question and I get it frequently. And <laughs> um, I have a very simple answer. <laughs> so, Um, honestly, I didn't want to go into high tech, so I had been in high tech previously. I had worked at a semiconductor company and I had taken time off to raise my family. And when I was ready to get back into the workforce, I was like, no way do I want to get back into high tech, (laughs) God bless them. But I was not interested in SRAMs and DRAMs anymore. And so I found a job posting for the San Jose Earthquakes. It was a coordinator an HR position. Yeah. And I thought, well, I played soccer. Uh I coached my kids in soccer. Uh I've played sports my whole life. I can do that. So I applied.
0: And and here you are. Here you are. And here I
1: am. Almost seven years later.
0: (laughs) I mean like, but but this is the thing about sports though that is so nice. It's sort of like you most people have like this relationship to it. As you said, like, okay, yeah, I've been playing soccer. Like I also coach my kids, you know, you sort of like have that personal link and this is why I think like the sport industry is so amazing and, and what makes it unique, but it's always cool. Like seeing people like, you know, transitioning and say like, no, 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 I want to, I want to do sports. You know, that sounds, that sounds fun. And I'm sure it's been a blast, you know, working for the earthquakes now for, for many years and, and seeing sort of like the pad of, of the club moving forward and being, you know, a big, big factor of their you know staff and everything going on to increase you know what is happening in in, in the in the organization so I'm sure that's that's a blast.
1: It, it really is. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun watching the the club you know evolve and, and change over the past um, seven years and and watching people come in and, and all of their different diverse backgrounds of how right. they got to, sport how they got to san jose earthquakes right um, it's always fascinating there's there's people who um you know live and breathe soccer right, right. and there there are people that have no background in sport at all <laughs> you know and, and you don't have to have and that's one thing that's nice is right. you don't have to have a background in sports you don't have to have work experience in sports And you really don't even have to be a super fan for some positions. Yes. You know, um, but some positions, HR, finance, um, you don't, you don't have to have that kind of background. And so it's kind of nice because you bring in such a diverse workforce that way. You're not all in a silo um, work experience path.
0: Right. Right. And, and as you said too, it's like, but at the end of the day, like, you still have that, you know, link, you know, personal link to, to the sport or maybe the team and like, you know, say like, okay, this is something that I enjoy and that, you know, I think I can contribute value with it, which I'm sure also you saw when you're like, this is something that I can associate myself with. And I know, you know, I'm local, you know, it all makes sense. Um, it's but- definitely
1: bonding. It's definitely bonding. There's not a single person <laughs> who has worked at the Quakes, um, who hasn't become a, a true, Quakes fan, right, right. So even if you don't have a sporting background yeah when you come here you get the sporting background and then right. you become a fan yeah and,
0: yeah and like you feel like one of the team right like right. you also know like you know of course like everything happening on the field is you know extremely important but working for that club too it, it just gives that association to you know, being a part of, you know, okay, you're contributing to actually what is happening on the field in a, in a sense, you know, maybe it's big or small, but you're, you're part of their, their success. I mean, like, I'm talking with the club here in here in my city every, every, every week. And, you know, they talk about, okay, if, if they lose a game, the entire office is mad. If they win a game, everyone is super happy. You know, you just Very true. follow that, follow that role. So even yes. for the HR, you're feeling that emotion. Definitely. hundred
1: percent. Right? <laughs> yes.
0: That, that's awesome I think it's very important that people know that you know like HR also care about the team you know
1: <laughs> you have to you have to yes
0: yeah. absolutely so obviously you touched a little bit upon your journey in the sport industry but if you just sort of like how did you essentially end up in in earthquake? sort of like that from your starting point of your HR career and like okay you found that, found that position with the, with the earthquakes, like what was your angle in there?
1: It was persistence. (laughs) (laughs) What was my, what was my angle? Um, you know, I think, again, because not every position has to have a sporting background, um, going into HR, um, and not having sport work experience, um, was just fine. And, um, but I knew I wanted this job. Um, and so it was just being persistent, um, with the hiring process. It was a little slow. It took a couple of months. Um, they were hiring some other positions at the same time. And so, um, juggling the the time and this is what happens when you work from home.
0: Um <laughs> it's our new podcast uh, guest. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> this is monkey. Um but uh, that was really my my in. I didn't know anybody at the club. Right. Um right. I just went straight from you know the job posting and yeah wanting to be a part of it. Right. Um part of the club. So
0: that's awesome i think like you know as you said like just seeing that opportunity grabbing it and and now like being part of that that team and the culture for 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 seven years now it's it's an amazing story and and speaking a little bit about culture though because we just talked about sort of like the flexibility and and working from home now you know for for probably like close to a year (laughs) i would i would guess i don't even know anymore it's been it's been long yeah
1: nine ten months
0: Right. And, and obviously, you know, understanding in that sense, we're seeing, okay, yeah, people can actually, you know, provide value doing their tasks and doing everything from home. And we talked a bit about like having that flexibility and, and how, 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 how have you guys and, and the earthquakes were like thinking about like, okay, how do we, you know, become more flexible now once people are more and more getting back into the office?
1: <clears throat> so I mean, exactly. We, we have to, I mean, now that right. we've proven, you know, whether we wanted to or not, we've proven that we can work from home successfully. We can't do everything, right? Um, So if we have games, so last fall, we were able to have um, games without fans, though.
0: Um,
1: But it does require some work, you know, to be on site. But the majority um, of the the full-time positions, we have found that we can work from home and so we're still you know in the bay area and in california um you know really heavily affected by the pandemic right now Um, our icu beds availability i think it's only at like six percent or something so we're still on heavy lockdown here right Um, we have no idea when we're going to go back we don't know when the season starts nothing but we do know that when we go back we will not go back <clears> 100 percent <throat> in the office right. we will allow people to continue to work from home on some sort of you know flexible basis i think yep. it'll depend on you know the position right. and if there's a game if it's game week or if there's a big event you know that type of thing right. uh, but there's really no reason why somebody from the finance department needs to drive down from San Francisco to San Jose, every day of the week anymore, right. you know?
0: And in a, in a country yeah. like the US, right? And in California, like having those distances, I think it's, you know, save people a lot of money and time, you know, which they can use again to also like, you know, be more maybe Time. Like kind of stuff.
1: Time is a really big factor. I mean, it is, um, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing when you think about if you're familiar with the Bay Area or not, but right. it's easily 45 minutes to 60 yeah. minutes on average for a commute one direction, right?
0: Yeah. And so
1: um, if you can cut down on that time and be able to work from home and, you know, just get up and, and start working right away and not doing that drive time and not being tired, uh, yeah. that's that's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, no, I mean like it's a huge factor, right? Be like just waking up from bed, eating a nice breakfast and, and just starting your day from home, you know, it could be a game changer and I think you know also with the new generation coming in having that flexibility and and you know for us being a little bit more I I guess like we we have different kind of ways of working like we always talk with like my team like we always say like you know it doesn't matter like what hours you work as long as you get it done you know like I, I prefer like you know waking up a little bit later and working you know late and then my teammate is you know he's he's morning person like all this stuff right and I mean, like, at the end of the day, if we make it work, we communicate all this stuff, like, you can make yeah. things work, you know, you got to have that flexibility and understanding that, of course, people are also different, you know, but as you said, like, different kind of roles, different kind of, you know, perspectives of how flexible you can be, but having that opportunity, I think, is very important for sports organizations moving forward, uh, and, and again, being able to, like, make sure that the, the staff and everyone involved can, can perform at their best, best ability.
1: Yes. And, and you mentioned the flexibility and, and that goes for folks with families and it's not, right. you know, just the moms, it's the dads as right. well um, that have children and you run into a global pandemic and they have to do school from home. How can you go to work, you know, but you need to have childcare, right? Right. But, Everybody's too scared to have childcare, yeah. So you have to be the child care. So you have yeah. to, you know, finding that we're able to be flexible. I mean, it just benefits the entire workforce and makes right. it so you can have a more diverse workforce as well. And, yeah. you know, not just old school, traditional um, occupants. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think it's, it, it's great. I think it produces some managerial challenges that people yeah. have to, step up into their management roles, maybe a little bit more, because there's a lot of people that are used to, you know, they see you every day. And so I can see that you're, that you're working. Right. And then if I don't see you, are you working? And that's really a management issue of making sure that you, you know, trust your staff and you have, you know, um, metrics in, in place to, to track, you know, that type of thing. But sometimes I, um, I have heard colleagues say, well, you know, we're not sure if they're actually working or not. And it's like, well, that's, that's on you to figure out.
0: Right. Right. I mean, like it, it, it's, it's hard, you know, in a, in a sense that, you know, it's that nice balance between, you know, trust. And as you said, having those metrics of, of like, okay, how do you track the results or like the task or what that might be, and, and of course, as you said, that's the manager's role then to like find, okay, how do we measure the results and their their performance, right? Uh, and then again, trusting that they're doing doing their job, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's part of part of the game. But I think I think we have to go into like you know the stuff that we're really going to talk about more of of like the tips, the challenges, all all, all the fun stuff that all these. Young professionals and all these people that are maybe looking to get a career in sports and there's a lot of people including myself that have been applying for a lot of jobs and just you know why didn't I hear anything back or, or, or a lot of these reasons right and and I think like you know one of the good questions to start with is like what are some of the top you know three four things that you are looking for when receiving a job application what are some of the things that you like this is important. Typos your resume
1: should be correct yeah no typos no grammatical errors um your cover letter um you know should be personal to whomever you're sending it to make sure that somebody else's name or somebody else's company is not on your (laughs) pass merge um (laughs) you know cover letter yeah Uh, so that that's actually a really big thing um, there are there are certain certain roles that are actually quite detail oriented, right. um, you know, account service and and there's a lot of um, email and a lot of communication that happens, and so um, being grammatical um, is important, and yep. so that would that would be number one. Right. Um, for me, then you know, kind of the next thing is really role dependent, but sure. Right how, how long has it been since you graduated? Yep. What work experience you have since you've graduated? Right. You know, how long have you been in that work experience? So loyalty, um, and tenure is important. Yep. If you are you know, in a, a position for a small amount of time and it's not an internship and yep. you just keep jumping and jumping and right. jumping, that's not the, the type of person that we're looking for.
0: Right. Of like looking at to those, and I mean, like, I just want to touch upon also like the cover letter because this was something that they came up like on the previous talk too, right? The importance of like spending that extra time of like fine tuning the, the the resume and the cover letter, and making sure those those details as you say is relevant, and that you know you, you you avoid those stupid mistakes. And we get it, like it's easy to apply for a lot of jobs, and there's probably a lot of stuff that you're interested in, but make the dedication to you know take the time to do things right and make sure that it is personal because as you say, like this is one of the first things that you guys are looking at. Yes. And that will dictate also a lot on how you actually evaluate, I would assume, the candidates, right? And like
1: Right. Right. Exactly. And it 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 should be personal. I mean not, you know, I don't want anybody stalking me online and (laughs) and something personal about me, but something personal about, you know, the sport or the club. Right. Um, just making sure it's not just a cookie cutter, you know, letter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, a lot of times, um, students get into how much, you know, they love soccer. And, and I think that's something at this point, you know, we know, we understand that and, right. and we want you to, but that's, you're not going to sell me on the fact that you love soccer, right. Right. Or a particular yeah. sport. Sure. um get more into the role and what you're looking for and your your end goals and and you know you studied something in in school and it piqued your interest and in that type of thing
0: right how to make essentially your experience tying into the role that you're applying for you know in right the, the organization that you're applying for
1: or if there's something more personal about what piqued your interest, what got you right. into the sounds of earthquakes. If it yeah. was, you know, one of your first, you know, sporting events that you went to with your family, you right. know, then that's, but not just this generic, I love soccer, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, like a lot of people love soccer. So how do you we stand have, out? Everybody right?
1: does. <laughs> yeah. So how do
0: you stand <laughs> out? And And we're going to touch upon that a little bit in, at the end of the podcast too, but and one of the questions that we got from from someone as well, like they were kind of like curious about the first podcast and they say like, well, to what extent, you know, should someone apply for a job for which they do not meet all the qualifications? And I think a lot of people that are sort of like in that boat, you know, we're like, should I apply this, you know, at what level should you, you know?
1: And I think that's a great question, and and I've given it a, a, a percentage, but uh, I'm you know I'm not locked in on this. I've never right. really thought about okay, I'm looking for seventy five percent, but I think that's about where you should be. Yeah, I think if you have all of the qualifications, you may very well actually be overqualified right. for a position. Right. I mean, right. you want it to be a stretch, right? It should sure. be sure. a jump and a um. An evolutionary step, right, yep. in your career path. So yep. you want there to be room for you to be growing and learning. Um, so I'd say, you know, a good seventy-five percent, you should yep. have the the qualifications required.
0: And I think it's very important what you're talking about there too. It's like, okay, if you meet all the requirements, maybe you are overqualified. You know, as you said, and and as you know, like you will look at that and say, hey, I mean, like, you're a great candidate, but we mean, we need someone that you know might that need to stretch you know, and keep yeah. like elevating their their abilities and learning something, right? And bringing something new to that yeah. table. So I think like, you know, as you said, the 75% range is, you know, you can cover the basics. And, you know, as you said, maybe there are some flexibility, you know, 60, 80, you know, whatever that might be. I mm-hmm. guess it's also like it's probably a little bit depending on the role, I guess, of like what kind of position we're talking about.
1: Exactly. And, and I'm not, you know, sure about, other, other clubs and other front offices, um, sure. sport organizations, but for ours, yep. um, we run pretty lean on our labor, right? Yep. And so our organization is actually relatively flat. Yep. So if you come in and you're already, you know, essentially knowledgeable uh, at the position, right, and you don't have a lot to grow into it, you may become you know more bored quicker right and then i'm not sure that we're going to have that growth for you right that quick you know i mean there's kind of you know time that it takes to to grow into something and for people to you know see what your skills are and maybe we can create something and and that sort of thing but if you come in and you're overqualified you're going to be bored in six months i'm looking for something else already right
0: no, that's, that's a really valid point. And I think, I mean, like it will be interesting in the next, next few episodes as well. I'm going to bring this question up, you know, because it was something that popped up from, from the last one. And I was like, okay, let me, let me keep, you know, getting some new questions in here that we can like, you know, and, and start to compare a little bit too, because it will be very interesting as, as we talked about before the podcast too, of like how do different HR managers think, you know, like what mm-hmm. is their perspective? And, and as you said, you know, you can learn some stuff from me too. And, you know, gain some inspiration or what that might be insights and comparing, you know? So I think that there, is, yeah, I
1: think there are different philosophies on that as well about, yeah. um, you know, do you want to grow into a position or, or, um, or be qualified right, you know, right away when you get into it, like if like, you're going yeah. for it, looking for a promotion, right? Is that person, yep. is it going to be a stretch position and they're going to grow into it? Maybe they don't have everything as you promote somebody from manager to director,
0: sure. but you can
1: see their potential and they're, prob- they're going to get there. Yep. Or do you wait until they have all of those skills oh, yeah. that you're looking for and then you promote?
0: Right. We're right. a little bit
1: more on the learning side.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, there always have to be like some growth, right. Learning. right. And learning. And like, that's also about like, sort of like the f- philosophy of like coaching, like from your managers, from your directors, like educating the new employers to like, you know, being performing at the highest possible level. So obviously you've been talking like a little bit about like what is important for you guys at Earthquakes, but like what are, what are some of the, you know, key elements that you guys are looking for at that San Jose Earthquakes when you're recruiting, like, is it values? Is it skills? Is it like, what kind of like things are like, okay, this is, this is earthquakes like core core elements when we are recruiting,
1: attitude and effort. I mean, those are those, to... <laughs> those those are the main things. So you know if you have skills, great. And then yep. if we we can teach you the skills that you need, yep. um, but it's really all about attitude and, and effort. Um, as I said earlier, we run pretty lean, and so we yep. work really hard. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of collaboration. It is. It's a team sport on the pitch, and it's yep. a team sport in the office. Um, so you will not be successful if you have the mentality of "that's not my job." Right, right. And so yeah. for us, it's really if you have if you have the attitude, you come in, you're going to be here, you know, on time or early. Um, and you're going to work hard. You're going to try, you're going to reach out. You're going to ask questions. You're going to, you know, raise your hand for certain tasks. Um, and you're really putting in that effort. You're asking questions. If you're not, you know, in the top five on the sales board, you're going to your peers, you're going to your higher ups and you're asking questions. Hey, can you help me? What's going on? If you just sit there and, you know,
0: get upset that you're not number one,
1: but you're not (laughs) trying, right. Right. It's, it's like when you're in school, when you're in college, you, you talk to your professors, you right. talk to the aides, right? You get in study groups, and if you make those efforts. Um, and we are a small organization, so we can see who's doing that and who's not.
0: So how do you, how do you try to, like, look at these sort of things, though, like when you're essentially evaluating the candidates because i mean like
1: interview for that
0: (laughs) right right i mean like this is sort of like where where things are getting very narrowed down right and you're like how do you pick out those you know like how do you spot it
1: yeah it's it's hard um um there's no simple formula
0: right you know
1: it's hard but it's definitely it's situational um interview questions you know and you've got this type of situation and you have a fan that's you know like this so you've got you know this type of thing it's asking those types of questions right. um you know we we always ask especially our our young um candidates for more right. entry-level positions sure. about their experience with failure mm. and their reaction to failure right. um, and rejection so that's especially important Um, when you're in the sales role, right. And so you're, you're going to experience that on a daily basis,
0: um,
1: (laughs) uh, you know, on the phones, right. And that, and that counts and it it can get old. And if your team isn't doing well, um, it might be harder to sell, right. right? They're not doing well. And so you're going to, you know, receive that constant rejection. Um, so it's a lot of questions about that. So it's, it's, Spending time, it's not just one, you know, interview for 30 minutes, Um, you know. um, Oftentimes we have, you know, many people, we have a Quakes University program that's a training program and that's a panel interview with, you know, four of us and we spend quite a bit of time. So it's hard. I have no specific formula on it, (laughs) Um, but those are really-
0: You know, it's a way, you guys have your way, you know, doing it. And as you said, like, you already talked about, like, okay, we have this Quake University. We have, like, the panel. We have, you know, we're trying to dig deep, you know, and you already touched upon, you know, some of the questions that I think is very important. And and I mean, like, as as a student now and young professional listening, you know, like, think about these sort of things. Like, how do you cope with failure? How do you cope with rejections? And because in many cases, and I mean, like, we already talked about it now, like, sales is going to be like a very important role moving forward as well in the position we are like people need to bring in the green, the dough, you know, all this yeah, stuff. The first
1: step. It's a first stepping stone for a lot of people in their careers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so think about that, you know, like you have, you have some thoughts here from like, you know, the HR at, at earthquakes, you know, knowing, knowing what they, they're asking. So if you're listening, make sure, make sure to, you know, save this question and, and work on it and try to like, how do I really cope with it? And if you don't know, like, how do, you, how do you learn from that? Like, what can you do in order to actually put yourself in that position? And I mean, like, we have to talk a little bit about, you know, requirements from organizations in California, because California has also been sort of like a very, uh, you know, s- staple of like, you know, especially in terms of requirements for interns, there's new regulations coming in, in uh, you know, you have now a lot of remote internships happening. So what, what type of you know requirements do you guys have to keep in mind you know being in California when recruiting interns?
1: Um, so in general, we steer away from the term intern, right? Um, and that's part of you know this Quakes University program that um, I created is a, a training program. We don't call it an intern program. Sure. Um, Interns typically conjure up, you know, the notion of being unpaid. Um, and that's very difficult to get away with in the state of California.
0: Yep, yep, there
1: yep. are a lot of restrictions and um, qualifications for an intern, mm-hmm. um, and they, you know, have certain hours and it has to be academic based. And getting back to our organization being pretty small. Um, And we run a pretty tight ship that we don't have that flexibility to, you know, have more of an academic based internship program and and coordinate with the university and and that sort of thing. So we, we really don't have interns. I hire part time employees. Sometimes they only work four weeks. Sometimes they work eight weeks, you know, and that's typically more during the summer um we've partnered with stanford university and and um we always you know hire a couple of um student athletes and and they come work for us but they can really only work for about a month um and that's fine but we just hire them on as a part-time employee and then they work in whatever department we can find
0: right and, and how, I mean, like talking a little bit about that though, where, where you talk a little bit about like, okay, how long are you at organizations, you know, previously like looking at to someone's resume, like how then as a student athlete or that person that get like, okay, this is like a one month or like eight week position. Like how do you, you know, showcase that? So they're like, oh, you were only there for a month. You were only there for eight weeks. How, how do you like, what so do I'm, they keep I'm in
1: that mind? Yeah. And on that part of it, it's, it's fine. And I understand kind of going back to my previous comment where exactly. I don't like people who jump around, Yeah, yeah. Um, but if it is a part-time intern, you know, training oh, okay, program, yeah. then it. that's fine. Cause you're gathering experience, yeah. you know, they're typically, yeah. you know, one to three months and maybe over the summer or a particular season. Um, it's a little bit more when you've been a full-time employee sure. somewhere you know, for six months, one, one year, a year and a yeah. half, and then you just keep jumping and jumping. Right. Um, and that's yeah. not showing longevity and, and loyalty, but on the part-time basis, All right. yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's different.
0: No, but I can't, I think it's like, maybe like, would you sort of like suggest them, like, say they have like, you know, this sort of like part-time solution that they already know it's going to be like for two months, three months or whatever it might be that you just put like a note, like it was like a three month contract or what might be, you know? This. yeah yeah that's to help that. you guys out you know like essentially <laughs> because as, as you know like you're they are evaluating or you guys are evaluating them based on what's on paper right and, and to begin with so how do you like okay. I, i'm just thinking as if i was in this position how do i showcase that okay but this was actually just i i couldn't do more i can do you know this is the the three months that i could have you know yeah
1: and you know and a lot of them will you know um and you can it, it doesn't have to be a specific way it can right. just be noted as you know season position part-time right. position yep. you know just as summer work you know that sort of thing but yes when you're a student you want to be getting as much of that kind of experience as you can right. um, yeah so it's okay to have frequent you right. know so you're thinking
0: more in terms of like the, the 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 ones that are being like you know full-time positions over over time maybe like looking for a manager or like director right. job or something like that right right exactly all exactly. right that makes sense i just i just think it's like important to like just make things clear here for the ones that are listening so they're like where do i fit in into this bowl and how oh, do i make sure that i i like you know can angle it because i mean like if we don't ask these questions how do you know right
1: <laughs> you have exactly you have to ask questions there are no bad questions
0: Right, and this is also a very key key thing so when you're an interview like ask questions or like reach out to, to people about the positions, you know, and like yes. ask more about the role um, We're actually at our final question of the day already. already. Who, knew? Who knew it's been a, it's been fun so far, and I think. You know we've been talking a little bit about like tips we've been diving a little bit into like you know some of the key stuff you guys are looking for how the earthquakes are are working we like recruiting new people but for any new sport professional looking for a job like what tips do you have like how do you how do you how do you separate you know yourself from the crowd and and I mean, like, maybe you have like a great story from, like, you know, someone that you remember that applied, or you like, oh, that was someone that you know were really able to to separate themselves and what you were looking for. That I think it would be great having those kind of story for them to know.
1: Um, you know, making making yourself um, as personally related to the club as you can. You right. know. Um, so of course, if you've got, you know, the story about, you know, you were at the Cali Clas- Classico at Buckshaw, you know, and you remember, you know, a particular game, and then you watch the fireworks afterwards, and with your family, you know, that type of thing, you know, stands out. Right. Uh, I mentioned earlier, we've got this Quakes University training program, and it's a eight month long program. Um, the first four months it's part-time, um, but the first four months, um, candidates are working in the inside sales program. And then the second four months or the second semester, um, you're working in a, another department that is mutually agreed upon between you and, and, um, the managers. So hopefully this is something in your area of interest. Um, and we've, we've had great success with this program. It's, um, Let's see, it's a little over two years old now. Nice. Uh, We've had a a couple of people that came through the program and they were stars. We could tell that they had the skills, they had the right attitude and effort. Um, They fit in really well with our culture, but we didn't have a full-time role for them. Right. Um, But they were able to stay on in a part-time role. Nice. And eventually a full-time role became available. Uh, We've got one guy, who works in our marketing department and does a lot of film and and, um, camera work Um, and he stayed on with us for about another extra six months until the next budget season, and then we were able to budget in a full time role for him. Um, And it was really just Him being persistent and showing that attitude and that effort, right, and uh, willing to hang out and try, but he also had this long family past with the Quakes, um, and you know, first generation college student, and you know, this whole thing, and um, so it it was really special.
0: The little, the little things matters, which is essentially what you're saying, you know, and and I think.
1: Most sports org- organizations, that's what I like, um, yeah. as opposed to like high tech, right? Um, right? They're small organizations and everybody knows everybody and you know your stories.
0: Right, no, it's it's very true. And and I think it's a really great way to, to end the podcast, Peggy. I think it's been really insightful. I really appreciate you being so open, sharing a lot of like what you guys, how you guys are thinking, like what are some of the challenges you guys are facing? What you're looking for and I think for those that have been listening you know that they've been they've been learning a lot I mean like I, I, I definitely have been learning a lot too and and it's been it's been great kind of like getting that insights and I hope for those that are listening you know you know make sure you know to to check out maybe the the, the quakes uh, program you know and see see what's what's that all about you know it might be it might Thank be a good
1: please
0: do <laughs> and uh, and i mean like for those of you you know that you know haven't already make sure to like the video follow and support sporting global so you can get more insights from sport professionals like peggy every week right on your youtube spotify wherever you want to listen to pretty much everywhere more or less you know and then don't forget to sign up at sportingglobal.com and you'll we'll help you you know it's a platform for you to like connect with like-minded people find relevant opportunities and and learn you know from from people in the industry guiding you on your path because it's not an easy it's not an easy it's not easy finding your path and and this is why we do what we do to help you and and like i said peggy really appreciate you sharing your time and uh and I mean like, I got to finish up with some Norwegian, Norwegian, so you learn like some Norwegian. I don't know if you're ready for it, but it's essentially, it's essentially see you later in in Norwegian and that is the Snugkiss. So that's how we finish up with <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. This was a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely, you. thank you so much. And yeah, we'll be kiss. <laughs>